Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Oh, shit. Sorry, I did your thing. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome. Happy New Year. Back. No, back. Welcome back. Happy New Year. <laughs> fuck is this i'm just gonna do it in one thousand swoop okay hello everybody welcome back to dolphin for men of the true crime podcast for the girls gays and theys i'm martin um you missed it what and anyone oh and anyone who wants to bloody listen Christ. guys i'm sorry we've been off for like what two weeks three weeks I three think. weeks and just you're just trying to get back in the flow anyway yeah, i'm Ma- i'm martin it's lovely to meet you all I'm Emily. Nice to meet you all. Um, today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about the case of Clementine Barnabet. But we were going to do uh, Ghislaine, Guillaume, Gislaine, 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 whatever you call it, Maxwell. But um, one of the jurors has got incredibly loose lips mm-hmm. and might be sending the whole case towards a mistrial. And what do loose, so, what do loose lips do? They sink ships. Yes, clearly. And they are potentially sinking this ship. Although I, I don't think that she's going to be found like not guilty. Anyway, no. that is coming. We just wanted to do it as like a wrapped up kind of whole. Yeah, episode. we don't want to have to keep going in and out and being like, oh, this is an update. That's we'll just give you it. Exactly. We'll just give you the lowdown in full. You know exactly, exactly. So today is Clementine Barnabet. But before that, we're going to get into the news, the juicy gossip. Of the past few weeks. The shit that has gone down in the world. And and as with all of our podcasts, if you want to just skip to the case, we will put a timestamp in the description. We sure will. Indeed. Um, So how was your Christmas and New Year, Emily? We just, you know, do a little chitty chatty waddy woo. Chin chin wag (laughs) darling. A chin wag darling. A chin wag. A chin wag. Lovely. Filth. Um... Mine was just like any other day, like, yeah, there's no real differentiation. Like, when you work from home, when you spend like most of your time at home, like, there's no real like Christmas just loses a bit of its sparkle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I mean, Christmas is just like this year, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't feeding my vibes. No. I, my, my Christmas oats were not being felt. You usually like Christmas, I though. do usually like Christmas. I don't know, this year was just a bit like, you know, I spoke to you, didn't I, about it just yeah. after, just after New Year, I was feeling down in the dumps honey i was down i was like do you know what i don't think i can face another year of covid shit like i was like i can't like i i obviously there was no solution to me not wanting to face it because it is what it fucking is but i was just like do you know what i just can't deal with this but then i snapped out and then i snapped out of it and was like do you know what i you know just put you know whatever Just, it's a long hard winter it is and i hate it feels the like weather. a hard winter but good thing that happened Go on. on christmas eve Go on. i passed my driving test oh of course you did congratulations she's no longer a virgin who can't drive fantastic she's one <laughs> who can virgin, she's one who can um <laughs> i got a message on um instagram Right. From a, an avid listener, David right. Lopez. David Lopez was a, Hi, David. Hi, David. Um, they were a big fan of our um, Christmas episode. Love listening to us chat shit. Nice. And, you know, I was talking about, like, queer men, like, famous queer men that are, like, really... Mm-hmm. A, that when we were trying to think of some really fit, famous queer men. Right. They... <laughs> I already knew of this man, and I completely, completely forgot about him. Niall DeMarco... Who the hell is Niall DeMarco? Oh my god, he won America's Google, Google him. him. He won America's Next Top Model. He is so fucking handsome. He's queer. Niall 
he he identifies as sexually fluid. He's he does a lot for the deaf community because he's deaf. He has his own like show. Oh, is he deaf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so oh my god, he's so handsome. I like it's solidarity with my deaf people. Yeah, man. So yeah. thank you for uh, you know bringing reinvigorating my love for Mr. Nile DeMarco. I love how we just went from like virginity to to hot man. Well, the two are the two are intertwined, aren't they? Well, true. they're not. All, they're not always hot. <laughs> let's be honest. You know. True. True. Um, true. How was your Christmas anyway? It was just like whatever. I just told you it was like blah. Oh, like oh, yeah. What about your New Year. Again, so blah. Right. I was just not feeling it. Like I started having some espresso martinis. I was like, do you know what? Because the thing is, on this podcast, I've got to pretend like I don't. I haven't spoken to you. You know. Like, I don't yeah. know what's going on. But you do. We, <laughs> we, I mean, a lot of the times Emily does tell me off because I go, no, 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 let's not talk about that. Let's talk about it on the podcast. And you're yeah, like, and I'm like, I'm like, um, no, this we're... isn't just a transactional friendship. You know, Martin's just, we've I just am decided not... to just monetize our friendship. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Monetize, what monetize? Yeah, that's Speaking true. of monetize, if anyone would like to donate to us on Ko fi, oh, it's ko fi.com forward slash Dolphin for Murder. Thank you. Capitalist scum. That's me. Um, <laughs> speaking of capitalism and scum, um, oh. Are you still watching And Just Like That? Oh my god, I literally watched two episodes, the previous two episodes uh, yesterday. Spoilers ahead, but please tell me that you watched Miranda get finger banged in Carrie's kitchen while oh, Carrie whilst so whilst Carrie pissed the bed. It's so cringe, and I'm sorry, but like I'm starting to kind of hate this show a little bit because like it's uh, obviously Sex and City was never very realistic, but it no. just got like really stupid, and also Carrie's like such an asshole. Like, okay, I get She's it. She's the worst. I, I get it, right? Bigs died, whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah. But your friend is there basically saying like, I'm so unhappy. I'm unhappy in my marriage. I can't remember the last time I was happy. Yeah. They ha they've got like a drinking problem. Yeah. And she's just there making it all about herself. Look, mate, I'm not being funny, but if I was laid up in bed after having a hip operation and I caught you getting finger banged in my kitchen in a mirror, regardless, <laughs> I would be like, Dude, can you not fucking know, do then, that in my kitchen? But then if but then if afterwards I had a breakdown and I was like Then I'd be oh like God, I'd be like God, I'm I, so unhappy okay. I need help. Then I'd be like, Oh my god, I feel for you, but don't yeah. fucking get finger banged in my kitchen. Yes, obviously. But that, I, I don't know. And then I'm like I'm like I don't oh, I would I be more wouldn't... outraged. And I'm sorry, but there's no way Carrie would have said sex in the kitchen. Yeah. She would have said fingered. Yeah. That's true. Um, but no, it's, 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 I, at first I thought the wokeness was a commentary. Right. But now I think it's a desperate plea a little bit. <laughs> it, it's well, turning into a bit of a desperation. Like. I was saying that, I was saying that to my mum. I was like, do you think they're just trying to redeem themselves from that mm. hideously racist second film that they brought out? Hideously racist second film and the homophobic episode where Carrie was like, bi people don't exist and all this stuff. Oh like, my God. Oh, good Lord. Which we all know they do. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm still watching it. And I'm still thoroughly enjoying it because I like this. I like Sex and City and I like the tale of, of the... of the. the I feel like the Miranda's women. character, though, isn't her. She's not her. She's it completely like different. Her. It doesn't. I think what they've tried to do is shoehorn Cynthia Nixon as a person into the yes. character. And it's like, yes. I get it. We want queer representation on the show, yeah. but like... Don't shoehorn it in. It's like, yeah. and also there's like a whole, they're like shoehorning in TikTok and stuff. It's like, do you know what? Stop. And I, I said to my mum, I was like, I'm sorry, but if that kid had posted that on TikTok, there would have been at least like 15 Stitch videos of like cyberbullying. Yeah. Because that's what happened. Case in point. 
little segue. Oh, no, I'm not Have finished you... talking about Angela just like that. Oh, for God's sake. I just want to say one more thing. Two more things. Always got to have the last word. I do. Um, none of those mums would be on TikTok for one. No. And they're all like on the chat. We saw her post on TikTok. It's like, you're all women in your like late 40s, early 50s. You ain't on TikTok. Yeah. And even if you are on TikTok, the algorithm would not be showing you a, you know, a 12 year old kid, you yeah. know. And secondly, I saw a funny TikTok that was like, can we please stop having Anthony and Carrie in scenes? They're not friends. Yeah, but he's trying to take the place. But they're of, not friends. Um, yeah, but they're trying to make him friends. Oh, I guess, because Willie Garson died, R.O.P. Yeah. But yeah. still, I'm just like, put another girl in instead, because there's no fucking way they would be hanging out together. Yeah, that's true. Are anyway, you done now? I'm done now. You can carry on. You can segue in. Have you seen the latest TikTok victim of cyberbullying of the week? Is it Molly May? No, it's not Molly May. It's a young person that has um, d- claims to have diso- dissociative identity disorder, and basically they've got it's they've created like because people that have that create like systems and stuff where they yeah, can yeah, kind of yeah. like keep yeah. track of the different identities and things like that. Yeah. They've created this system. They put it on TikTok, and it has gone absolutely viral. And not in a good way because Why? it is basically just a bunch of people either accusing them of being a liar, right, or cyberbullying them to like to like really bad like degrees. It's like really bad. I mean, that's fucking awful. Like, you should never cyberbully anyone at all. Like, mm. no. You, but I do think you can ask questions about things like that because I've seen no, stuff like that. No, there's a difference between asking questions and the stuff that these people are doing. There's a difference like between this. asking questions and just being a cunt. Like yeah, for, exactly. Like, I'm not going to lie. I've seen a few disassociated... Oh, I can't say it properly. Dis- dis- DID. DID. Yeah. I've seen a few DID videos and I've been a bit like, mm, sceptical, you know? It's like, because you also see... But then, because you look at it and you're like, mm, I'm sceptical because you also see a video of a woman with one tooth pretending that she's channeling Marilyn Monroe. And I know that's a different thing, but you look at that and you're like, that's obviously fake. But that's the thing. Like, the, people were bringing this up as well. Yeah. They were saying, like, even if this person isn't like because they've got like 200 different altars and oh my god that must be exhausting right but like even if people are making the point of like even if this person doesn't have that many altars and even if they are making it up that still is in itself like mental health right that's like a mental health i mean it could be a mental health thing if someone's making it up it either could be a mental health thing or they could just be trying to do it for clout no i'm not saying anybody do it for clout what? What was the point? What'd you get out of it? You uh, become you become like the 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 latest meme on the internet, and then you get like the ever loving shit ripped out of you to the point where your life becomes unlivable. Yes, but but but, but think about like people don't necessarily think about that all the time. Oh, they do. I'm sorry. I I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen the video. I'm not saying they are. I'm not saying they aren't. But people yeah. do like. People do crazy things like that girl that was selling her farts in a fucking jar. Yeah, but that's different than like saying like I'm di- anyway. I don't want to diagnose people on the internet. I no. just thought it was like it's like the pile on of it. This this person, whoever they are, they they're like 19 years old, like yeah. whatever, and they're very young and. Mm. They've obviously put videos out just thinking like, oh, I'm going to talk about, you know, this thing. And yeah. it's become like huge. And it's like, I can't believe it. It's, is it not come up on your For You page? No. Because it's like all over my For You My page. For You page is literally just, I get a little lonely. 
Come get a little that's what mine, to me. That's what mine was like. But then it's become, it was, it became like Molly May and oh, Molly May. Um, this DID. Do you know what, Emily? I've got one thing to say to you, and that's you've got the same hours in a day as Beyonce, same 24 hours true. a day as Beyonce. Yeah, but I don't know if they're true. millions of fucking quid, do I? <laughs> I'm sorry, but Molly May, have a word of yourself. Oh, she's terrible! Like literally terrible. Oh, the whole thing I'm not being influence- fu- I'm not being funny, but you know, everyone's got the same hours of Beyonce in the day. Yeah, but so not everyone, everyone has, has the same, same resources. Yeah, yeah one absolute twat. Exactly. Like it's like, but that's the whole thing about influencer culture. Influencer culture is like very much like it's all based on like the individual, and it perpetuates the idea of individualism. You can do it. Pull yourself up by your yeah, bootstraps. Yeah, yeah. You could. You too can be an entrepreneur. It's, it's yeah. bullshit. It's like it, but but the thing about influencers is that it, it is just an inane display of either wealth. It's like a... or getting things for free and get and watching people get things for free drives me fucking insane because I'm like it's a hate fueled relationship that we have with influence. Yeah, that's what it, that's Do, what it is. Does it not annoy you that someone who can afford to buy it gets it for free? Um, I, I get it, I get it, but it makes my because you know I work in marketing, so I understand it, right? Because you you're giving someone something for free because you they're going to market it, right? Regardless of whether they can afford it or not. Yeah. If they've got a large following, they're going to promote it to other people. But it just irks me so much because I'm like, do you know what? I could do with a nice air purifier or whatever, <laughs> or a set of you know. I just try Makeup not to brushes. follow, follow like, people who are influencers. I don't just, anymore. Like, I, I, out your life. I have. I've also, I mean, I, call, I follow a couple of makeup influencers just because, not Jeffree Star anymore, FYI. <laughs> I left I left Voldemort back in 2020. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, I follow, there's one, she's called like Michaela. She's from Boston and her accent is just gorgeous. But that's, that's different, I think. Yeah. If you're a makeup artist, that's an actual thing. Yeah. You're not, a, that's not a, like the whole idea of influencer is somebody that is just, that doesn't do anything. No, they just go like, on holiday. Yeah. 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 That's, like, that's different. I mean, I, I like, like I said on the podcast earlier last year, like I unfollowed all of the Kardashians on social media. Ooh. And I loved the I loved the Kardashians. I loved Horrendous. them. But I was like, do you know what? I'm sorry, but if you're hiring a private island in the middle of a pandemic, and then complaining that, that got you to <laughs> that got you to be like, oh yes. no, maybe not. It was that because I really want to go on holiday. It's just, they're <laughs> all just they're all awful, vapid, like just just like don't do anything. And that's coming from somebody that watch, watches Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh my god, I love Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Surrenders. I hate. I hate. I, I at my core, I hate all of this stuff. I hate gross displays of wealth, mm. just like rampant capitalism. This real individualistic mindset. But I just I was keep watching shit like Real Housewives. I'm like, why real Housewives. I watch Vanderpump Rules. I'm like, what am I doing? Real Housewives is is good because we don't watch it for the innate. Like there are some people that watch it to love watching them spend all their money and have all these parties and go yeah. to on retreats i know me and you don't watch for that we watch it for them to have fights i know but even that's horrible because it's like just a modern day version of like a bloody gladiator ring but like let's you're just let, watching let's be honest a heavily privileged gladiator. the reason i watched the latest season was because the uh tom and erica Girardi stuff yeah that's true that's what made me watch it we like to see rich person's downfall well i i know we disagree but i do i i love erica jane but horrendous she's like one of the worst like she's one of the worst people in regards to all of this stuff i mean yeah truly but i just oh she's so glamorous she's yeah but is she she, though 
Well, you take away take away the rich husband and all that kind of stuff. Take away all of the cash. When I say all, glamorous, all kind of I I mean how she looks. I'm being very I'm being very you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Superficial in my life. White gay life. man. Yeah. 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 Don't don't come for me like that. <laughs> don't come anyway. for me. I can't help it. You can help it. What being a white gay man. Well, no, you can't help that, but you can help, you know, you oh, know not not standing these like I've had we've had this question we've had this discussion on the podcast before. When I say I stand someone, I don't mean I actually I'm obsessed with them. I just mean I like them. Yeah. Like I don't stand yeah. Erica Jane. I don't listen to her music. I I follow yeah. her on Instagram because she's hilarious. But because of it's so ironically, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm yeah. not going to be like, oh my god, Erica Girardi. Oh. I mean, I still stand, you know, Madonna and Kylie, but yeah, that's just because I'm um gay. G A Y. Um, I guess speaking of gay things, Go I on. I started watching Euphoria. All right. Season one, right? Mm-hmm. Because I know season two has just started and everyone was like, oh my God, it's so good. And I love... I can hate Euphoria. I love Zendaya, right? I'm a big fan. Big fan of Zendaya. All the way back from the Shake It Off days. Do you remember right. Shake It Off? Yeah. Shake it. Oh, sorry. Shake It Up. Shake It Up. Sorry. I, d- I didn't know. I was just agreeing. Don't be a bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a Disney Channel show with her and Bella Thorne. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I love Zendaya and I'm really invested in her relationship with... Uh, spider-man um anyway so i decided I... to watch it and i'm enjoying it i've only seen one episode so far i hate it pourquoi it's very triggering i'm not gonna lie to me i just i just it's like it, it's just kind of like somebody went on tumblr for a couple of hours and thought let's make mm. this into a tv show oh it's definitely that like it's like somebody <laughs> just like going like oh do you know what it's gonna this is something that's really gonna appeal to the kids like, it's gonna be edgy it's gonna be like to the kids you know well, yeah, like teenagers. It's teenagers okay. that watch it. Teenagers and young, young like millennials. Are you saying? I'm, like, are you saying I'm too old to be watching Euphoria? No, I. You know what I mean. No, like, I, know it, what you I mean. would. I'm not their target. Massive I'm a, viewership over over the age of forty. Well, as a gay man, we kind of. Are, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but we have a kin to like you know, uh, like twenty year old uh, fucking hell. <laughs> You're right. Women in their 20s. Oh, fuck's sake. Jesus Christ almighty. I just think, for me, I, I just find it a bit like... It is a know. bit graphic, I'm not going to lie. It's not even... It's, it, like, it reminds me of like... Um, it, is it it not... feels like kind of like self-insert fan fiction. Yeah. It's, it, it's that kind of vibe. I feel, I, don't know. I feel like it's... I mean, I never watched the show much as much to a lot of people's horror because I thought right. it was, wasn't my vibe. It feels like American Skins. Yeah. And I never watched that show. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that. It's kind of like, it's like 30-year-old's version of what, like, Gen Z life is. Mm. I don't don't know. I'm not a fan of it anyway. Well, I'm going to keep watching um, because I like Zendaya and I think there's good queer representation in it. Um, Yeah, I'm going to carry on watching. Like, I'm also going to carry on watching the new season of RuPaul's Drag Race begrudgingly. I don't, I don't watch any of this stuff. Guess who's frack in the house? <laughs> <laughs> Mama Roo. Um, no, it's good. It's, I will say one thing. The Drag Race, this new season has stepped forward because after, what, 14 seasons? They Jesus. now ha- they now have uh, trans women on the show. 
Have I know. They had trans women on before. They've had women. They've had people on there that didn't identify as trans whilst being on the show. Right. Okay. And then have I? And then have later come out and said, "Oh, I'm trans." And then right. they had. And then last year they had got Mick, who was trans man, who was a trans man, and openly. Right. Uh, was out on the show and then right. for all stars the last season they had kylie right. sonique love who was a contestant on season two but she wasn't out then and then she's right. now now she's now trans woman but right. like i'm sorry but trans women are the backbone of the drag community and for it to have been 13 14 seasons without any is not surprising not sacrilege surprising. she's probably too busy fracking Probably, Couldn't most t- likely. Too busy to hear the drills over the... I haven't fracking. been watching any TV or anything like that because you know what I've been doing? I do know what you've been doing. You've been begging me to join you and I'm like, nah, mate, not happening. <laughs> I have been playing Sims 4. Oh, no, I thought you were going to talk about Twitch. No, well, I do. I go on, I, I you know, I've been doing a, a bit of like streaming on Twitch yeah. and um, and that kind of stuff, but, but I stream Sims 4 on Twitch. Yeah. So I have been building a house for the mm. past. I've been building a house this weekend, and I keep. I, it's gotten to a point where, like, I day I go to bed and I'm dreaming about it. I'm thinking about what I'm going to be doing in this house. Mm. I've downloaded all the custom content. Yeah. This house yeah. is like, my God. I will. I will provide a photograph. We'll put it on Instagram. Mm. Please we'll put don't. It on Instagram for this week. No, it, we're gonna. It's we're like gonna. It, this is reminiscent of that time years ago when me and you were at. Uh, Weatherspoons, and you left early because you had to go home and harvest your crops on Farmville. (laughs) That was years ago, before the advent of phones. I know that could you you could do stuff on your phone. You were like, oh, sorry, guys, I've got to go. We were like, Emily, it's only like eight o'clock. You're like, yeah, but I've got to harvest my crops on Farmville. We were like, are you joking? We were obsessed mate, with Farmville, though, weren't we? Oh, my God, Loved mate. Sims 4, although, is so good. I'm not even playing The Sims. I'm just designing and decorating houses. It's amazing. You're just living the life that you want to live, but in a virtual really You're am. basically in the metaverse, are you not? I really am. I really am. See, I am not playing Sims because I don't play games. <laughs> Physically or mentally. <laughs> no, I did. I did get an Xbox at the start of the pandemic, and I played it for like a month, and then I got bored. Nice. Sold it. So, shall we get into it? Let's. So today's case is that of Clementine Barnabet. Now, this one, you recommended this to me. Mm-hmm. You sent this to me. Yes, I did. Like, I'll dig into this mm-hmm. because we, we were, I was looking for something else to do because we weren't doing uh, Ghislaine, Ghislaine yeah. Maxwell. And I thought this was going to be relatively um, simple in yeah. terms of like, you know, it's straightforward. Yeah, it's... me too. That's why I said this. You were like, I was like, why don't you do this one? You know, it's not too, you know, yeah. in depth. You know, you can, yeah. you know. The, this one is not. It's not straightforward because I feel like everything that has been publicised about this case is a massive lie. Um, but we're going to get onto my personal opinions once I've told you mm-hmm. what actually happened. Now, before we get into the actual case, I think it's important to give a bit of historical context of the time and also the place in which um, these murders took place. So um, the majority of the murders happened in Louisiana. Now, Louisiana was a leading slavery state, um, like pre the Civil War. Um, and obviously, Civil War kind of ended 18, 1865, I believe, um, went into the reconst- what's called the Reconstruction Era post the Civil War, like in, in the South, that was between 1865 and 1877. And... Um, and a lot of horrible, 
horrible stuff happened. There were like there was a big massacre mm -hmm. in New Orleans in 1866 where almost 200 black people were murdered. Tons of racist attacks mm -hmm. um, all across the South. It was it was fucking awful. Horrific, absolutely. Really bad. And after the Reconstruction era, post the Civil War, um, a series of laws and practices were brought in in the south that essentially were designed to disenfranchise and alienate the black population mm -hmm. so like even though um slavery wasn't a thing um black people were not seen as as equals no. obviously yeah um they were unable to vote mm -hmm. and a lot of that didn't end until the voting rights act of 1965 yeah a lot Although, of people a lot of people on. i was just gonna say a lot of people assume that once slavery was abolished i say in air quotes yeah that everything was hunky-dory for, no, for people of color black people which is just not fucking true at absolutely all absolutely not and there's still a ton of political disenfranchisement across the south like mm -hmm. like black people face ton more barriers when it comes to like voting absolutely than white people absolutely um, yeah, so it's still a huge thing mm. to the, to this day. Yeah. So in 1900, um, the black population in Louisiana was 47%. So they made up 47% of the population. Mm -hmm. In 1910, only 730 black people were registered to vote, oh which was yeah. less than 0.5% of eligible black men at the time. Wow. Louisiana was like a a KKK stronghold. There mm. were regular lynchings. It was incredibly, incredibly dangerous. Um, and even now in Louisiana, there are police officers that have ties to the Ku Klux Klan. Like, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. No, I mean, they, in in multiple states yeah. in the US, there's a lot of cops that have like ties to the KKK. Yeah. Um, but it was even more kind of like prominent and overt back then. Mm -hmm. And um, I read a quote from a historian called Michael Pfeiffer, who said that lynching became routinized in Louisiana, a systematic way by which whites sought to assert white supremacy in response to African-American resistance. This would be an important precedent for the subsequent wave of lynchings that occurred in Louisiana from the 1890s through the early decades of the 20th century, mm. in which lynch mobs killed more than 400 persons, most of them African-American. American. Fucking hell, that is just horrific. Yeah, awful. It's horrifying. Mm. So I wanted to give that backdrop because it is against that backdrop that Clementine Barnabet was born. Mm -hmm. And she was born in 1894 in St. Martinville, Louisiana. And her father, Raymond, was a sharecropper. Now, post the Civil War, a lot of like so-called freed men went on to work as sharecroppers. And essentially, you would live on the plantation land for free in mm. return for working the land. And most of the time, it would be cotton picking. Right. Mm. But it wasn't just black people that worked as sharecroppers. It was kind of like it started with black people and then a lot of poor white people mm -hmm. became part of this system as well. Right. So essentially the big landowners that were former slave owners would let poor white people and black people live on their property in exchange for work in the land. Mm -hmm. But obviously that comes at a price and a lot of the sharecroppers became in debt to plantation owners and it's it was just a hideously exploitative practice. Yeah. Now, Raymond is reported as being a petty criminal and abusive to his family. He's called like a bit of a drunk, um, all of that kind of stuff. But I'm yeah. not 100% sure how true that is. Right. Just in terms of like the 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 kind of media 
the way that the media spoke about black people in the press at the time was mm-hmm. very much kind of like really kind of negative um, connotations. So you have to take it with a pinch of salt. But I do know that he was a cheat and he did have an affair. We'll come on to that later. Right. Now, Clementine's mother was named either Nina or Dina Porter. There are reports that use both names. And Clementine had three brothers, Mm -hmm. one named Zephyrin. And in 1909, they moved to Lafayette, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Now, some believe, and again, like, I can't, I wanted to give, I want to give, like, more historical context about, like, who Clementine was. But, like, there's so little to find Mm. about her outside of these crimes. Mm. Um, So some believe that the first murder... Um, was committed on November 11th, 1909 in Rain, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And the victims there were Edna Opelousis and her three children aged between four and nine. Mm-hmm. But whether or not those murders were actually part of this specific case has been heavily disputed. Right. There were a lot of murders going on at this, uh, around this time mm-hmm. that like never got solved. Yeah. Tons. I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah. So the murder that is widely believed to be the first took place in Crowley, Louisiana, which is around 25 miles from Lafayette, which Mm -hmm. was where uh, Clementine and her family were living at the time. Um, It took place on the 28th of January, 1911, and there were three victims, William J. Byers, his wife and his child. Um, The bodies were found on February 3rd, 1911. And they were kind of like, they were church members, you know, like kind of like, you know, involved in the community, that kind of thing. Um, And in the reports, it said that the murderer got in through a rear window and it was a brutal murder with an axe. Yeah. Really, really quite horrifying yeah so then on the 24th of february 1911 so that's what about three three to four weeks later yeah. in lafayette there is another murder so this time the victims are alexander and mimi andres and their two children three-year-old uh Joachim, and 11-month-old baby Agnes. Oh, God, yeah. And they were found murdered in their bed by Mimi's brother, Lazim. And the sheriff um, that reported to the scene was a guy called Sheriff Lacoste, and there also was a deputy coroner, and there were some other police that arrived on the scene. And they said that the man and the wife had been brained with an axe, Oof. and that the baby had also been hit with an axe. The um, man and woman were then moved by the murderer and placed on their knees beside the bed with the woman's arm moved over the man's shoulders and they looked to be in prayer. And then it said that the baby was placed beside the mother on the bed Mm. and the murderer escaped through the kitchen door. Now, originally, the police suspected that it was an escaped lunatic. I put that in quotation marks. That's directly coming from like this very old news article Mm -hmm. um, from Pineville by the name of Garson Godfrey. But he had nothing to do with it, like literally nothing, nothing to do with it at all. So the newspaper article reporting on this second murder draws similarities with the first murder that happened in Crowley. And they specifically say that an axe was found at both scenes. So like the murder weapon, which yeah. was an axe, just left at both scenes. Okay. Now, two days after the murders, Raymond Barnabet is arrested. 
and then he is released for lack of evidence. There's okay. no, like no evidence t- to really get him, get him on. Yeah. But they kind of suspect that he might be involved. Mm-hmm. Now, the third murder happens 400 miles away in San Antonio, Texas. Right. And it's kind of, the, the way that you've got to think about it, though, is like Louisiana and Texas are right next to each other. Yeah, but, and I'm sorry, but it's, what, what year is it? 1911. So it's not like you can just hop in a car. No, but you can get on the train. Oh, well, their trains in 1911. Yeah. Oh, okay, fine, carry on then. I was going to be like, well, it would take you days Wait, to get there. do you think that the trains were, were made? I don't know. All right, we're going to have to back, find out now. When was Back to the, oh, no, because Back to the Future, they had trains in the Wild West, it's fine. First train, USA, 1827. Okay, so we're good. So they could have got the train over there. But then would would someone get the train to go and murder someone? I don't know. We're going to get onto this. Okay, okay, okay. So, like, 400 miles to us in the UK is, like, the length of the country, right? That's far, yeah. More. I think, no, it can't be more. I mean, it's far. To get a train, it was going to take you, like, eight hours. Sorry, I'm really hung up on the train thing. I'll stop. Anyway, but 400 miles in America... Ain't that much. Okay, fair enough. Right? Got to remember that because yeah. of the, the length and breadth of the country. True. So, um, the murder in San Antonio, Texas took place on the 21st of March, 1911. Mm-hmm. And the victims were Alfred and Elizabeth Cassaway and their three children were murdered. Now, Elizabeth um, was the only white victim out of all of these uh, crime. She's reported as being as being white. Right. The rest of the victims in in all of these cases were black. Right. Okay. Now, Alfred was found in bed with his daughter Louise at the foot of the bed, and obviously the murder weapon had been an axe. We yeah. won't. I'm not going into the graphic detail. You can uh, imagine what happened. Yeah. In another room, Elizabeth was on the bed with her daughter Josie lying across her feet. And she also had her five-month-old son, Carlisle, in her arms. Oh, All of them were dead. Nothing had been stolen, so they didn't think it was like a robbery or anything. And again, mm. an axe was found at the scene. Right. Now, six months go by. And at the time, in Lafayette, Raymond had a mistress who is thought to have been called Diana. And they had, apparently they had a bit of a falling out. And Diana allegedly moved in with a friend and told her that Raymond had been talking about the axe murders and Diana essentially implicated him in the crime and then Diana's friends told the police. Now, Sheriff Lacoste, who's um, investigating these crimes, arrests Raymond and he denies any involvement in these murders, right? He's like, absolutely not, not involved. They've, already, I believe they've already, this is after they've already picked him up and spoken to him. But the, again, the timeline of this is really sketchy because you're relying on like really old newspaper articles. So um, Diana is then interviewed and she basically says that her friends mistook what she had told her. They basically said that they that they had kind of like taken what she said out of context. Right. Um, and she also said that Raymond had been like very drunk when he talked about the murders. And again, the murders are happening in a very like local area. So like if a murder's happening around you, you're gonna talk about it. Well, yeah, yeah. you are. It's, you're gonna it... you're gonna be like, Oh my god, have you heard this thing? Blah 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 And if you're drunk, you might say something a little bit a little bit weird, you know? Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, you could. Make, we don't. We don't know what he said. Is okay, the point I'm fine. trying to yeah, make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Fine. Um, but obviously, 
Sheriff Lacoste is looking for somebody to pin the blame on. Mm -hmm. So he decides to go and interview Raymond's estranged family, which is where Clementine is. Right. Now, apparently he interviewed the family over two days. Like, I don't like one thing with this case is you have to remember that these cops are going to be white. Mm-hmm. They're going to be going into black neighbourhoods. Yeah. And the idea of a police officer interviewing uh, the, a black family over the course of two days yeah. in the time zone, I just... I, we don't know what happened, but we know what police are like on record. Yeah. We know that police have gotten false confessions out of people, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. So anyway... On the second day, the family allegedly tell him that Raymond had killed the Andrus family in Lafayette. But that was it. Like they 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 had no involvement in it whatsoever. They were like, We're not involved, it was just him. Now apparently their motivation to tell the police was to stop him from doing it again. And they said that um that he had had a feud with Alexandra Andrus and they suggested that the murders might be the murder might be motivated by jealousy okay. like they had a bit of a falling out i'm sorry but if the reason they told the cops was because they didn't want him to do it again why did they not tell them that on the first day exactly i mean it sounds like they were under duress shall we say exactly that that's that's my personal that's just an opinion I mean, just, it, that's just an yeah. opinion with an opinion we don't that we know, have. but but i just it, it, it the odds are stacked against them. But in right? 1910, a white man, a white policeman interviewing a black woman and her family is yeah. pretty fucking obvious. Yeah. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. So the district attorney also interviewed the Barnabets and said that they were trustworthy. So Sheriff Lacoste files four first degree murder charges against Raymond. Right. Raymond's put on trial. And he gets a court-appointed attorney by the name of George P. Leslie. Mm -hmm. And it's an all-white jury, obviously. Of course. Now, Clementine got up on the witness stand and basically, like, gave a whole thing about how her father did it. And apparently her testimony was, like, very graphic. She explained, like, what was going on. Now, one thing that was revealed was that when they had arrested Raymond, they had found blood on Clementine's clothes. Now, Clementine said that Raymond had must have wiped it there. But, like, who knows? Later on down the line, her lawyers would say that the police got their clothes, like, the the Barnabet's clothes and the clothes of the victims mixed up. Right, okay. So it's it's complete police fuckery. Yeah, shoddy police work. Yeah. Oh, uh, which is it? What a surprise. Shocking. Absolute, absolutely shocking. So the jury finds Raymond guilty on all counts and they break for recess before coming back for sentencing. But when they come back, Raymond's lawyer tells the judge that he wants to have a new trial because he's just found out that Raymond has been drunk throughout it and therefore he was unable to testify on his own behalf and he's like become incapacitated because he got drunk. Right. And strangely enough, he's granted a new trial, but he stays in custody until that happens, right? But there's another murder, November 26th, 1911, while Raymond's behind bars. Right, okay. This time the victims are Norbert Randall, his wife Azima, and three children and a nephew. Mm -hmm. Now Norbert has been shot and then killed with the axe. Right. And the rest were murdered with with an axe. Okay. Now, like, 
who could have done it because the man that they're saying has committed these murders is behind bars. Mm-hmm. Now, at the at the time, Clementine was living one block away from where these murders took place as a housekeeper. Right. And it's alleged that when the police went to interrogate her, that they found blood on the latch of the rear gate of where she was staying. She was staying with a white woman as a, as a housekeeper. The white woman was a housekeeper. And I think the white woman just like brought the police in. Right. Let them in. And then like they they searched, they, they managed to find the blood blah 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 blah, blah. Yeah. and they also searched her room and they said that they found clothes that were saturated with blood and covered with human brains but what was their reasoning for visiting because they believed that the the that because she was the daughter of raymond barnabet they could have been working together right like the barnabet family were like uh, in the crosshairs okay right right yeah so i think that we should take this with a grain of salt because mm-hmm. not only the, the press reports exaggerate, so what they say is saturated blood it, it, with blood and covered with human brains may well not be. No. And we also know, like, in the case of Lindy Chamberlain, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the police lie. They, they do. Said there was, they said that there was blood and it was milkshake. Absolutely, yeah. You yeah. Know? They lie. So um, Clementine ends up getting arrested by the parish sheriff, um, Louis Lacoste, who also wanted to bring in her brother, but he had a solid alibi that proved that he wasn't involved at Okay. So on November 29th, 1911, she has a hearing in court and it's written about in the newspapers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, all of the newspaper articles about Clementine are hideously racist. So, like, if you go looking at some of this stuff, just be prepared. The headlines, the 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 context of the, like the the content of the article it's just horrendous yeah absolutely horrendous she's described in these articles as hysterically laughing and rocking back and forth in the witness chair and according to this news article she allegedly says that she killed the randall family because um they had refused to obey church orders and she also talks about how she murdered them and it's and it this kind of fantastical story yeah. of what happens right. like it's like she knows what the police want to hear right and then she delivers that story okay. now she then confesses to the andrus murders saying how that the andrus family had refused to obey the message from god now the paper then talks about a supposed voodoo doctor okay and that's like how this whole case kind of got intertwined with this idea of like these are voodoo murders these are cult murders there's no proof for that whatsoever it's yet again the media just kind of like taking a sensational story and running with it yeah and running with it and in my opinion this is a bunch of white people being racist and hysterical like that yeah it's it's the media, which would have, at the time would have been all white people. Yeah. The justice system, which at the time would have been all white people. And the yeah. police force, which at the time would have all been white people. Yeah, exactly. And coming from a time where slavery wasn't that long ago, yeah. they're going to be biased towards yeah. uh, black people. So, yeah, I, I think everything that's been reported on this should be taken with a very, very large grain of salt. Absolutely. Very large. So, and apparently- also she's a woman. So Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Exactly. So by the end of this, um, like this hearing, apparently she couldn't stand up and she had to be led out of the courtroom. Now, right at the end of the article, it says that Clementine was part of something that was called the Church of Sacrifice, which is described as being like a religious cult. However, there is speculation that Clementine never actually referred to anything called the Church of Sacrifice and that she could actually be referring to the sanctified church. Now, there was a church that was founded in Chiachi, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, or Chiachi, Louisiana in Mm -hmm. 1910, and it was called Christ's Holy Sanctified Church of America. It was a predominantly black church, but all of the articles that I've read refer to something that is called Christ Sanctified Holy Church. So I don't know if they're the the same, like they sound very similar. Now, in another article, it says that the police arrested a man named King Harrison on January 20th, 1912. And they said that he had set up sacrifice sect churches in a bunch of different towns that followed the Southern Pacific Railroad route. Right. But he denied everything and said that he wasn't involved. And he was actually just a Pentecostal preacher that was working with this Christ sanctified holy church. Like he's literally just a normal religious dude. Right. But obviously the police think that there's this sacrifice sect and sacrifice and sanctified sound remotely similar they do like to, if it you know yeah it kind of sacrifice gives it a bit more salacious and then, then it becomes these were sacrifices all it takes is someone to be like oh did you hear about that sanctified church sacrifice church oh my yeah, god like exactly. that's all it takes they're, they're, exactly. they're similar words yeah. exactly So the next day, Clementine is behind bars and there is another murder. Now, obviously, this series of murders is really terrifying for the black community. Like, all of the victims are black and Mm. according to several sources, a lot of people began to exploit this fear. Like, people were kind of, like, selling protection, being like, oh, like, buy this and it will protect you. I'll protect your house. Like, physical protection and spiritual protection. Yeah. Now, at this time, the murder is in Lake Charles, Louisiana, which is about 70 miles from Lafayette. Mm -hmm. The victims were Felix Broussard, his wife, and three kids. Now, this murder was a lot more ritualistic than the previous ones. Okay. For instance, the murderer had written on the wall, when he maketh inquisition for blood, he forgetteth not the cry of the humble, which is a Bible verse. And then on the inside door, the words human five were written. Now, it was also reported that there were pieces of wood wedged between the children's fingers, splaying them apart. Right. I'm not sure for what purpose. Mm. Um... And again, I'm not sure if that's 100% accurate or whether that was something that was just fed to the press. So the media began to use the term human five gang to describe what people thought was a group of murderers that were working together. And they thought Clementine and her dad were part of it. Yes. Right. Now, obviously, we're dealing with a very racist media and, and it and this kind of fear of voodoo uh-huh. as, as being like this kind of like it's satanic yeah yeah, thing, yeah which is come obviously comes from you know a very racist and ignorant place because yeah. like 
voodoo is really just kind of like an amalgamation of like a bunch of different kind of like religions and spiritual practices i think the thing is right i think there's a lot about like different cultures religions Mm -hmm. and things always fall into the satanic um ritual because white people are so scared of the end of white supremacy well, yeah, it's, it, and it's kind of like, you know, anything that, that people don't understand becomes like other. Absolutely. It's and kind it of, becomes it's, like dangerous and terrifying. And it, oh my God. It's kind of like Eastern medicine, you know, when people are like, oh my God, why would anyone do, you know, again, I'm going to go back to the awful COVID and the racist things that happened at the start of it going, well, why would anybody eat a bat? And like, do you know what I mean? I know yeah. that's not what happened, but... Yeah. The racism that was targeted towards the Asian community because of mm. that, it's mm. that they, you know, you just don't know. It's just, I think it's bullshit. White people and Western, the Western world are just so fucking scared of anyone else, you know. Anything that's a bit different. Anything that's different, anything that's yeah. not white and Christian, should we yeah. say. Yeah, exactly. And that's the media that you're dealing with when it comes to like trying to just sift through these news articles. For Absolutely. Because you're like... You're like, okay, are you going to report anything of worth or are you just going to go on like a spiel about like voodoo and you have no understanding of what voodoo actually is? Absolutely. Just looking at it through like a white Christian lens of like, oh my God. Yeah. It's... Worshipping the devil. Like it's... At, it's they're going to they're gonna shrink is. my head, all that bullshit. Oh, Do you know what I mean? Me. It's... People associate, yeah, it, it's it, basically Crazy. all of the old stereotypes came up in, mm-hmm. in the reporting yeah. for this case. Yeah. So they refer to this sacrifice sect and it kind of descends into absolute hysteria about like human sacrifice and blood drinking. And it literally says that in voodoo ceremonies, children are decapitated and their heads are boiled. Like Ugh, yeah. it's the same shit. It's like QAnon, blood libel shit. Like it's it's been going on for decades. Yeah. Like decades? Centuries. Centuries, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very long time um so on january 30th the police arrest a black woman named eliza richards who according to the papers was pleading her ignorance in regards to the case aka she probably didn't do anything at all Mm -hmm. um and the article also refers to two preachers that were taken in one of them must have been king harrison um i'm not sure who the other person was there's and in this time like loads of different people are getting like being brought in like and being arrested yeah. on suspicion of being involved in this. Mm. Now, on the 19th of February, the murderer struck again. And this time, the victims were Hattie Dove and her three teenage children, Ernest, Ethel, and Jesse. Now, this murder occurred in Beaumont, Texas, which is very close to Louisiana. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like on uh, very close to the, like the state border. Yeah. Um, and again, the axe used to commit the murders is left on the scene. On March 1st, there's a new article claiming that a sheriff has received a letter from a man who says that he is in possession of information which will lead to the arrest of the person that committed the murders. Right. And again, it talks about a group of religious fanatics. Mm-hmm. Now, the sheriff that's now investigating the case says that he is certain that the investigation will take a startling turn within the next few days. It doesn't, right. as far as I know. But on the 27th of March in Glidden, Texas, which is roughly 290 miles away from Lafayette, Mm. there is another murder. The victims here were Lyle Finucane, Ellen Monroe and four children. And again, the axe was found in the house. Now, 
bloodhounds allegedly tracked a scent to a house where a man named Jim Fields was staying with his wife. And apparently they, they found a pair of bloody shoes inside the house um, right. where this person was staying. Jim Fields was black, was mm. a black man. Yeah. So he is arrested and they think at least they've got the murderer for this specific murder and potentially the others. He had nothing to do with it. He was eventually found not guilty yeah. on June first. Um, later just, on down the line, they're all such like tenuous reasons to arrest people. You know, like we found a bloody shoe. Yeah, right. well, and it's like you don't and... even know where that bloody shoe came from. Exactly. But then back then they couldn't. I guess they couldn't really. There was no DNA. There was testing. no DNA like, testing. Like that. So how? Yeah. Absolutely nothing. But yeah. So while Jim is still in custody. Clementine makes a stunning confession on April 2nd where she claims that she got a voodoo charm from an older man that she had met. And she said that she was with two men and two women and that they began to plan the murders because they believed that they would be protected by these charms. Right. And she refers to this group that she had formed using the same language that the press had used. She calls them like a gang. Right. She doesn't really like give a motive for the crimes. Um, but she also allegedly tells the police that the man that she got this protective charm from was called Joseph Fibido. And so the police go and harass him. Right. And he's named in the paper as a voodoo doctor. But in reality, he's basically a natural medicine pr practitioner. Right, okay. He's basically just a guy who uses like plants and stuff like that yeah. for healing. Yeah. That's, that's essentially what he's doing. Yeah. A herbalist, isn't that the word? Yeah, that yeah, that's yeah. basically what he is. He's a herbalist. Yeah. So on April 9th, there is a report that a grand jury has essentially indicted Clementine on six charges of murder um, and that the police are still looking for accomplices. Now, bear in mind that both Clementine and Jim Fields are in prison. They're yeah. in custody yeah. right now. Um, and the police are essentially going around looking for anyone that they can pick up in relation to this case. Mm -hmm. Then... There's another murder. Another one. Another one. On the 11th of April, William Burton, his wife and two children, and a man called Leon Evers are found murdered with an axe. Like, there is also a knife involved in, in this case. There was a knife involved as well, but there was an axe, axe found at the scene. And because there's five victims... The press are like, oh, it's the sacrifice church because there's five, you know, like it's the ga like the five gang. Yeah. Like the number five is synonymous in this case. It's yeah. like the, the, they're, they're like five people and they've killed five people. Mm -hmm. It's utterly ridiculous. Yeah. But this murder, the 11th of April murder, happens, how it happened in San Antonio, right? right. And Clementine, Clementine and Jim Fields are in jail. So who the hell is doing the murders yeah who's doing it now again lots of people are arrested and released and clementine changes her story a lot in this time okay. and she basically spins like different narratives each time she's interviewed but she does eventually stand trial mm -hmm. and her attorneys originally claimed that she was suffering from religious insanity she literally confesses to like all of these murders even ones that she couldn't possibly have done right yeah, it's. Uh, I'm. I'm. I mean, I'm pretty sure she probably wasn't in the best conditions in no. this prison. Well, wait, we're gonna get there as well. Okay. So allegedly, when she did stand trial, she said, "I am the woman of the sacrifice sect. 
I killed them all, men, women and babies, and I hugged the dead bodies to my heart, but I am not guilty of murder. Right. That's what she said. Okay. Now, she was 19 years old. Jeez, yeah. She ended up getting convicted for the murder and she was sentenced to life in prison in October 1912. Right. Which you think would be the end of the story. Yeah. But it's not. Because on April 28th, 1923, she was released from prison after she had a surgical operation that had cured her. So, a lobotomy. Well, okay. So, they said that an examination by medical experts had found that she was a pervert and that prison surgeons had performed an operation that had restored her to her quote-unquote normal condition. Lobotomy. Now, lobotomies weren't actually used until 10 years later. But psychosurgery was becoming a bit of a thing. And there were cases of these kind of experiments going on in the early 1900s. And I also think that it's quite possible that the US was using prison populations to experiment with this kind of stuff. Oh, probably, yeah. We already know about things like the Tuskegee experiment, Mm -hmm. right? Which killed upwards of like, uh, like... I can't even remember how many people, like upwards of 150 people affected many more in ways other than death. Mm -hmm. And they were black people. Yeah. And we also know about programs like MKUltra, which Mm -hmm. literally tortured people. Yeah. So I'm willing to bet like whatever happened to Clementine Barnabet was most likely horrific. Oh yeah. Most likely against her will. 100%. I mean, it makes you, was the death penalty a thing when, I believe happening. so because it makes you this is just as this is just a I guess uh what's the word I'm looking for a like not a, an opinion but like this is a could be maybe theory? a theory that's the word thank yeah. you perhaps she was being tortured horrifically in prison while she was on trial or awaiting trial that she thought do you know what fuck it I'm just gonna say I did it and then they'll just kill could me and then they didn't kill her. They didn't sentence her to death. She goes to prison. Then she sees a light at the end of the tunnel of them being like, if you do this procedure, you'll be cured and you can leave. So she was like, probably just like, do you know what? Fuck, I'm just going to say that all these things that they want to hear so they can make sure that I get to leave. I mean, it's we don't have any evidence. No, we don't but, have any evidence of that. Definitely... It's just a... Yeah, it's definitely 100% plausible. The thing that I find the most insane, right? Mm. When she was released from prison, she was never heard of again. Right. Ever. Okay. She literally went missing, right? But... She probably fucked off to get away from everyone. Okay, but she could have been alive up until the late 1980s. That's crazy. Like, she could have just been... Like, somebody probably saw her, knew her, who is still alive today. Yeah. That's mental. Which is wild. She like, probably like she probably was just like, oh, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. I'm going somewhere and I'm gonna live. With, or 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 if she was the 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 victim of, of some form of experimentation, she may have like not been able to live. That's very true. Yeah. And how do we even know if she disappeared, how do we even know she was even released? That's very true. How do you know she wasn't just killed in prison? Yeah. Or how just do you know left, any of this stuff. Or just left to rot. Yeah. yeah, I just it, the crazy. whole thing. I'm trying so to wrap this up because mm. it was never solved. No. They say that they they you know she we got her and she did it, and she was involved in this thing. I think that she was innocent. Yeah. Honestly, I think that that, that that most 
of the evidence points to like either a very tenuous involvement yeah in it, yeah or innocence like yeah. we have to take into the account into account the fact that she's a young black woman in the south in the early 1900s mm -hmm. she's being interviewed by white police officers yeah look at everything that we know about police now in the age of cameras being everywhere yeah and how some of them act even when the camera is on them like murder of George George Floyd is Absolutely. the first thing that I think about yeah. like yeah. Derek Chauvin did not uh -huh. like murdered George Floyd yeah. with the camera pointed right at his face looking into the camera yeah like so imagine what that was like a hundred years ago exactly no cameras no accountability nothing I mean there's barely accountability now exactly it's uh, you just shud you shudder to think like and like a hundred years later now we know a lot more about false confessions. Oh right? yeah, definitely. And being interviewed under duress mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. And again, I'm all... like, I'm sorry, but to, nowadays it's like they have rules of like, oh, you can only be held for 24 hours or whatever it is. Yeah. Back then, nah. Yeah. You're there until you're there until we know it's you. You're there until you confess. Oh, absolutely. And if you get Awful. the wrong, if you got the wrong police officer back then, you, they wouldn't even be be interviewed. It'd just be, you know, because You're of the, the yeah. police um, involvement with with groups like the KKK. Yeah. Um, but also, like, we also know that some cops plant evidence, especially when mm -hmm. that evidence helps them to like close a case. So. Yeah. It's possible that the so-called bloodied cloves found in Clementine's home could have been point uh, planted there. How like, fucking easy would it have been to frame easy. someone for murder super back in easy. those days? So easy, like no processes, no nothing. Honestly, yeah. We ho just think you, you don't want to go down that rabbit hole because think of how many people have been killed, sentenced to death, left to rot in prison. Exactly. Because they had, and they had nothing to, oh God, it's horrible. Exactly. Before, I mean, it still happens the, today, but yeah, just the fact of how easy it must have been back then. Yeah. Awful. And again, like we are having to take a lot of this information from a very racist and biased press mm -hmm. that are always focused on the most sensational story. And Clementine's race was always part of the story. Like there Absolutely. was no, there was, there was no kind of like separation between her crimes and her race. It, her race was intertwined with her crimes mm -hmm. in the media. Now, final point on this case. Mm -hmm. Now, in the early 1900s, there were a ton of axe murderers. Like, yeah. It's mad mm -hmm. looking into it how many there were. There's like the axe man of New Orleans. Yeah, I've heard Who of that was one. never caught, but yeah. murdered like six people with an axe uh -huh. um, between 1918 and 1919. Mm -hmm. And there was also a theory that was put forward by um, Bill James and his daughter Rachel in their book, The Man from the Train. Right. And they essentially hypothesized that most, if not all of the Clementine Barnabet murders were carried out by a serial killer that was never caught called Paul Mueller. Right. And there's a whole book on it, but essentially, like, Paul Mueller was a suspect in a murder of a family in Massachusetts in 1897, and he was the only suspect. Right. And they believe that he worked as, like, a lumberjack, mm -hmm. and they, they noted that a lot of these crimes took place um, near railroad tracks. Right. And there were also a ton of, like, other axe murderers, murders across the US that weren't linked in with the Clementine Barnabet case in this time frame. Right. That they believe that the murderer could have just been, like, using the railroad system. Just hopping off, railroad, murdering people. Right? 
And that's important to note as well, because when we talk about serial killers, because people are always like, oh my God, what, why were there so many serial killers in like the 70s and 80s? Yeah. Well, what was created in the 70s and 80s? The highway system. Yeah. Right, which yeah. creates, which makes it easier move a move from A to B and, and you know commit these kind of crimes. Yeah, yeah. So when you've got like, uh, it's just an interesting thing to think about. Like again, their their book is very much a theory, but they essentially put forward a very strong argument yeah. of Clementine Barnabet being innocent mm-hmm. and the murders that were attributed to her being the work of this um, serial killer yeah. that was never caught. I mean, it sounds possible absolutely plausible that's it yeah i mean was there maybe there was some kind of like mass production of axes around that time or something i don't know jesus christ but i think the fact that he's also like a lumberjack as well this paul Mueller guy they think that that could be a thing and that's why like the axe was the weapon of choice but then he kept leaving them well, maybe he's just got access to a lot of axes. I don't, I don't know. know. It's very I, do, it, I, I was just meant like, you know, there was quite a few axe murderers around that time. Yeah. Did they like it's just, mass produce, start mass producing axes or something? I don't know. It's just a, such a strange case because I looked into it. And when you go on like, you, you go on the Wikipedia thing mm. and you have a look at Clementine Barnabet and the first thing it will say, okay, well, it says Clementine Barnabet was an accused American serial killer. Right. Who was convicted of killing one person and claimed to have killed as many as 35. Yeah. I just don't think that she did it. No, I agree. I don't think she She's did. She's thought to be, that they people believe her to be the first um black serial killer i just don't think that she was i don't think she did it i'm with you on that one it, it just all, all of it just sounds a little bit too sus yeah. for me you know yeah if you think about like, the circumstances the time that it happened yeah. the fact that she was in prison for a lot of the murders like yeah and same with her father this thing, this thing that they used to cure her was like this yeah. unknown thing it's like i just Crazy, I yeah. just cannot like, and also the fact that she was behind bars. Like, who else was doing yeah. these axe murders? And how would they like? How, how would she, you know, uh, uh, communicate with them? And so, do you know what I yes, mean? It's, exactly. Because I'm pretty sure she was. Say... I'm pretty sure in prison in the ninety early 1900s you weren't allowed to have visitors. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Very. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think she did it. It's very very sus. Mm. Like even even if even if she was involved, like like in in the first one who was doing the other one exactly because it wasn't her dad she confessed to tons of murders like i reckon she she was i reckon she was just like you know what get me out of this place i don't i reckon that she was i i reckon that she was she was probably like interviewed i say interviewed interrogated and and probably tortured so much that she she literally admitted to committing murders that she couldn't possibly have committed because she was behind bars exactly it's madness horrifying horrific i think it's time for us to take a little break yes absolutely um now this week is from um my favorite one my favorite magazine which we i mean we say take a break we rarely do take a break stories this is from chat it's fate my oh fate. my god, I love Chat Chat is fate. Fate. You, you absolutely love that one. I do. And this is from a segment called True Life Sexy Spectres. Right. Right. And the article is called Our Ghosts Like to Pole Dance. Okay, nice. You ready? So here we go. This is by Wendy Reardon, 44, from Boston, USA. Okay. And here we go. She starts. As the music pumped, obviously, I won't do a Bostonian accent because. Go on, try just... it. <clears throat> Hold on. Um, Wicked hard. Um, 
what's your ma what's your major? You get your garden wood. As the music pumped, I twirled and no, terrible. Terrible. Apology terrible. apologies to anyone listening in Boston. Um, here we go. As the music pumped, I twirled and spun around the pole. I'd been pole dancing for years and had recently started teaching classes too. I often recorded the dances to see how they'd look and to see how I could improve. In May 2007, as I sat down to watch a video of my latest routine, I froze. Okay. I thought I'd been alone in the studio as I'd practiced that day. But now I could see a vivid blue beam across mm. the screen. Mm. Aliens. What was it? Definitely not dust or some kind of reflection. Dust. I watched more and the shape began to move around the pole. It had no real form but moved fluidly around me. I couldn't take my eyes off it. Nice. As I'd always been spiritual, I realised what I was seeing. I was Wait, so this is like some sort of like ghost or like entity or whatever, like going around the stripper pole? Yeah. Right. Um, I would appreciate if you didn't call it a stripper pole. No, I'm kidding. I don't care. Oh, um, what's wrong with saying stripper pole? I'm kidding. Shardy, I know. What's that song? If you dance oh on the pole, it don't make you a hoe. Something. something like that. Anyway. I, a, well, that's why it's good. I, okay, all right. Uh, what do you call it? Just the pole? The but dancing pole, I something guess. something wrong with being a stripper? There isn't. I mean, if I had the body, I would. Because <laughs> I got the moves. Anyway. Nice. As she'd always been spiritual, she realised what she was seeing. She said, I was sharing the studio with something from a different dimension. Right. Afterwards, I showed friends and clients. It must be a camera reflection, one said. But over the next weeks and months, I recorded more dances on different equipment at different times of the day and from right. different angles. But the things were always there. Hmm. They loved the pole. In one video, I was sliding down the pole with my legs apart and one shape... One shape... <laughs> one shape zoomed between my crotch. Oh, my God. That's a close encounter. Oi! I chuckled. I'd never felt menaced by them. When I moved studios a few years later, the ghosts followed me. Well, she's wow. she's clearly an excellent pole dancing teacher. Truly. If she's reaching, you know, getting clients from the beyond. Yeah. So, you know, you can't. she says you can't see them, but you might be able to feel them. She'd explain to people when they came for dancing lessons. Imagine oh. going in for a pole dance lesson. By the way, guys, we're going to be joined by some... Um, Spirits from another, from another plat, from another uh, dimension. Yeah. <laughs> so beware if you feel a whistling around your crotch. It's because of the spirits. I'd be like, uh, no, thank you. It's just my spirit bestie. It's just my spirit bestie having a grope. Like, hey, do you know what I mean? Emotional support. Apparently not. Anyway, so she spoke to various mediums and learned that the guests, her uh, guests, were likely to be spirits. Perhaps they are local men who died and spent time building it before it became a dance studio. So that's even creepier. That's really creepy. So there's ghostly men rubbing up your body while you're pulled on. Inappropriate. I don't even think about that. Inappropriate. So she had her own theory about why the spirits were drawn to her, revealing that dancing released endorphins, and they always right. had the and they always had the best times of their lives. Inappropriate to say lives because some of those people are dead. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> She says they must like positive energy. I said to my clients in 2010, and I started receive as I started receiving messages from the other side. Here we go. It turned on a valve that she hasn't since shut off. She's always getting messages from people who have passed over. It gives her great comfort knowing that she can help people pass their messages along. The right. ghost, the ghostly presence she's most familiar most familiar with is a man named Ralph. Okay. He often dances around me and the pole. It's a little cheeky getting a free show whenever the spirits feel like it, but I wouldn't change a thing. Unless, of course, they want to start tipping, that is. Oh! 
Love that. Go on, Wendy Reardon, 44, Love from it. Boston, USA. Oh, and this article has a link to Wendy's uh, videos. You can watch her pole dance on YouTube if you like. Oh, my God. You're going to have to put that up. Go to www.youtube.com forward slash chat. It's fate. I'll see if I can find the video, see if the link still works. Absolutely. So, yeah, thanks for that story, Judy, with your uh, pervy ghosts rubbing all up on that. you while you're pole dancing. Absolutely love it. Inappropriate, if you ask me. Well, I, I think it's nice. I think it's a nice story. Go on, Ralph. Luck it, lovely Ralph. I mean, Wendy, she's got a rock and roll. Rock it, Ralph. Ra oh. <laughs> oh, no. On that note. On that lovely note. <laughs> we'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.